0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Who are you? I'm no one. stories about
1: what happened. It's true. Let
0: it in. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and the story is as follows. 30 years after the defeat of the Galactic Empire, the galaxy faces a new threat from the evil Kylo Ren and the First Order. When a defector named Finn crash lands on a desert planet, he meets Rey, a tough scavenger whose droid contains a top-secret map. Together, the duo joins forces with Han Solo to make sure that the Resistance receives the intelligence concerning the whereabouts of Luke Skywalker, the last of the Jedi Knights. The film is starring Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Andy Serkis, Domhnall Gleeson, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Max von Sydow. It is written and directed by J.J. Abrams, co-written by Lawrence Kasten and Michael Arndt. Join me for this podcast review, I have Nicole Ackman.
2: Hi, everyone.
0: Dan Baer. That was awful. (laughs) And also joining us is one of our podcast contributors, everyone, Titus Banks.
1: Hello there.
0: Hello there. (laughs) I figured it's Star Wars Land. I figured I'd have to do that. Yeah, right. Hello there. (laughs) Hello there. (laughs) Well, here we are once again reviewing another 2015 film. (laughs) You're on the next Best Picture podcast for our Patreon listeners. We
3: can't escape them. Can't. Oh, man,
0: it's the year that just keeps on giving. No, but in all seriousness, um, the reason why we chose Star Wars The Force Awakens as our lead-in podcast into uh, The Rise of Skywalker, which we'll be releasing in a few days' time, is because when the podcast first started, uh, Force Awakens had already come out. And we did review The Last Jedi. We've also reviewed Rogue One. We've also done that Han Solo movie that we don't like talking about so much. We have talked about Star Wars before, but we've never really talked about Star Wars The Force Awakens. So we figured 2015 gave us a lot of stuff to talk about this year on the podcast. Why not go back one more time and review what was, at the time, uh, the biggest film, Well, no, it didn't defeat Avatar, but, I mean, domestically, like, this movie made bank. This movie was huge. This movie had so much anticipation, so much hype surrounding it. The prequels, you know, just for a little bit of context and setup here, the prequels made by George Lucas really rubbed a lot of Star Wars fans uh, the wrong way. And there was kind of, I guess, like this acceptance amongst fans of, all right, it is what it is, and we got them, and okay, I guess we got to just deal with it. The rights are then sold off to uh, Disney, and Disney decides, okay, we are going to continue the story from Episodes 4, 5, and 6 of Star Wars with episode 7, titled The Force Awakens. George Lucas is no longer involved, so gone is the buffoonery and the wackiness that is the prequels. Uh, instead, we get all these new characters interacting with the characters that we loved and we grew up with, Chewbacca, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker sort of. (laughs) Carrie Fisher's in this one. Uh, You know, it's it's a very, very nice blend of new, old nostalgia, new technology. It was a lot. And obviously it was very successful. Obviously it has a lot of fans. And then The Last Jedi came out, and (laughs) we're not talking about that movie today. (laughs) We're talking about The Force Awakens today. So... With that said, I'm going to kick it off first over here to Titus, our guest. Titus, what do you ultimately think of Star Wars The Force Awakens? And does it still hold up four years later, even after the release of uh, The Last Jedi and seeing where we're heading with the rise of Skywalker?
1: Well, in my opinion, I think it does live up. But at the same time, it also there's definitely some things, some flaws that are more noticeable over time over the past four years. But I think that overall it's a great look at everything that people both perceive and want Star Wars to be, particularly after the prequels came out. I remember watching this opening night and within the first 15 minutes, all I could think was just this elation that like, oh my gosh, this feels, this actually feels like Star Wars. And not just in the sense that it's a lot of the same aesthetic choices, it's a lot of the same practical effects, but also just in terms of how alive this movie feels, how just how much energy is, is coursing through every single frame. And I think that's ultimately the thing that holds up best about it, is that I feel like out of all of the more recent films, this one, I think, captures the spirit and the essence of what Star Wars kind of was to a whole generation, perhaps more than any of the films. I don't quite think... It's as good as The Last Jedi. I've been an ardent Last Jedi defender basically since the day it came out. And I think that film is really thematically rich, um, whereas The Force Awakens is a little bit more lightweight, a little bit more, I guess, texture-driven. But I also think, upon my most recent rewatch, that there's a lot, I feel like, especially when it comes to the whole idea of the nostalgia that it really focuses on, I actually think that it handles it a lot. It, 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 it's it's smarter about it and I think people give it credit for. And yes, there is still a lot to be said about how this film kind of echoes A New Hope in a lot of ways. But I also, on this most recent rewatch, was interested in how it it, it does so in a way that, that was a little bit more subversive than I thought, whether it was intentional or not. And in my opinion, I think it really holds up as for me, one of my favorite films in the franchise.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually have to echo a lot of what you just said there. I'll get into specifics in a little bit, but uh, pretty spot on as far as uh, my opening thoughts are concerned uh, regarding the movie. It's light, it's breezy, it's entertaining. It definitely plays into the nostalgia, but not in a manipulative way, I feel at times, Um, while also um, kind of... You bring in that vibrant energy, like you were describing before, that uh, all blockbusters should have, but they so rarely are able to tap into. Um, Nicole, I'm going to kick it over to you now. Uh, Same question. Thoughts on The Force Awakens, uh, whether it's present at the time, has it changed? What do you ultimately think about it?
2: Okay. So, um, to preface, I knew Star Wars growing up, but wasn't massively into it. Um, But I grew up in, like, a mostly male friend group, so I had seen them. Um, And then I remember seeing the trailer for The Force Awakens and being like, oh, my God, a Star Wars movie with a female lead character. Um, And I was (laughs) interested. And I went to see it. And it honestly was a really emotional experience for me because to see a character like Rey as part of the Star Wars canon, who is um, not just our lead character and not just Force-sensitive, but also really smart and scrappy and you know a talented pilot and a talented mechanic and so many other things, was really emotional for me because that was not something that I, you know, I had not really seen a place for myself in Star Wars before that. Obviously you have Leia and then you have Padme for better or for worse. Um, but Ray is a different kind of female character, and I think that that's probably what a lot of people um, might be able to relate to. Is whenever you know this new trilogy started, um, a lot of people, girls, uh, people of color, kind of were given more of a of a spotlight within Star Wars. And so, I really love the Force Awakens, and I rewatched it this weekend, um, and I was curious to see how it held up. After you know, I I also am a fan of. Uh, the Last Jedi, um, controversially, I guess. But I was blown away by how much I loved it, um, watching it again this weekend, and how good some of the cinematography is, and just, um, you know, how how great some of those technical elements are as well. And it kind of confirmed that, you know, pending Rise of Skywalker, which I already have tickets to see, not once, but twice, um, I am... Gonna say it's my favorite Star Wars film ever, and I actually think it's one of my favorite movies, and it is one that I do rewatch quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I was also I I was recently in uh, Disney World and got to go to Galaxy's Edge, um, and it was a really cool experience to to watch one of the films again after kind of being totally um, immersed in that Star Warsy world.
1: Coming up on Five Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis.
0: Even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at
1: evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.
0: Nice. I I do think that the decision um, by Disney to have the two main leads of this new generation of cast members being a woman and a black man. At the time, it felt incredibly ballsy on their part. And I know some people don't think that because it's like, well, they can afford to do that because it's the most successful franchise in the history of cinema. And it's like, is it really a risk if they're doing – you know, I I, I definitely think that it's not appreciated as much as it should be. I think
2: it definitely was a risk and I think it's definitely seen – I remember the backlash when this movie came out and I remember – you know, I was on Twitter at the time and I remember saying things about how great it was to see a female lead character in Star Wars. And I, I remember getting comments back from random dudes on the Internet who were upset that there was not a white male lead in this film, which feels ridiculous to me. But hey, I was like, let me have this one thing. But yeah, I think it, it really doesn't get enough credit for just how bold that was to have. And, you know, you look at the main trio of of um ray poe and finn and it's uh, a woman and a latino man and a black man and that's that was bold even for disney to be doing
0: and you know i think it sends the right message to a lot of people out there that star wars has always been for everyone just as cinema in general is for everyone i don't like when we start doing the tribal thing all movies should be appreciated by all walks of life and are, and they are allowed to be in, um, seen and enjoyed by all walks of life. So for Star Wars to diversify their cast the way that they uh, did and come roaring out of the gate with Force Awakens. Because it's not just them. It's also Oscar Isaac, like you said there, uh, Nicole. It's also Lapita Nyong'o, who's also a member here of the cast. Then you also have, um, you know, he's he's briefly in the film, but you have Max von Sydow, who is part of an, another older generation that um, a lot of new fans and maybe even some young fans of Star Wars may not be familiar with his legendary work. And you, know, you just have, like, a lot of different... Um, Like, a lot of different textures here that really help to give this film and this new reboot to the franchise, even though it is technically a sequel, kind of like a um, uh, a universal appeal. Uh, I mean, it is a galaxy, ultimately, right? It's pretty big. I imagine. (laughs) So why not include pretty much all walks of life in it in that regard? So no, definitely, definitely can understand where you're coming from with that. And I think it's a lesson that people are still not accepting, which is really, really sad uh, to see that this is a a movie that when people say, not my Star Wars, fuck off. (laughs) I got no other way to say it than that. (laughs) It's meant to be enjoyed by everybody at the end of the day. So yeah, definitely agreed there. Dan, same to you.
3: <laughs> okay, so I have a very long history with Star Wars. For context,
0: you're the oldest person on the I, podcast. Yeah, we're
3: gonna, I, I am, but to be fair, I was born in 1984, so the original trilogy was done by the time I was born. Just That's need fair. Just say that.
0: And it could be enjoyed on VHS.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh,
0: my God. I had the VHS. I wore those VHS tapes out.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, so many times. But anyway, um, so my mom was actually an original generation, waited in the lines around the block to see Star Wars multiple times in theaters person. And. I remember very distinctly when I first saw that movie and just, it changed my whole world. Like all of us, I did not know that anything could do that, you know? And like, and it wasn't like I didn't like or watch movies before I, you know, have always been a huge fan of movies, but Watching Star Wars, even though it was from the '70s and was, you know, an "quote unquote" old movie, like it felt like nothing else that I had watched. It felt like I was like stumbling upon a completely different world, like you know how I did in books all the time.
0: Right, the lore of this uh, world is just so vast.
3: I remember one time we've. (laughs) Remember one time we were going to my my grandparents. Um, house for some family gathering some holiday or other and we had rented star wars earlier that weekend and i brought the tape with me because (laughs) i was so much younger than everyone else in the family and at some point i got bored because you know everyone else is so much older and put it into the tv and i just remember all of us like the whole family at some point ended up cramped into this one small room in my grandparents' apartment <laughs> and we're all watching the movie together. And it was just like the first time that I had had that kind of communal experience where like everyone is just the communal experience of watching movie theater, but a movie, but not in a movie theater, you know, like where yeah. everyone is just, you know, talking and yelling at the screen and having side conversations and enjoying it. Um, so, when I say that Star Wars, the original Star Wars and New Hope, was a formative film for me, like it—it it really is. Not like the foundation of my cinephilia, but it is one of the founding me- blocks of that. Um, sure. I was obsessed with Star Wars. I was a an actual card carrying member of the Star Wars fan club.
2: Oh my god! Oh my oh, wow! <laughs>
3: I I read the the books, like the expanded universe books. Um, the Timothy Zahn novels, The Heir to the Empire are the best ones, and I don't care what anyone says. Um All
0: right, all right, Dan, I'm gonna inject right now and I'm gonna just say what everybody else is thinking right now.
3: No uh, I know, I own, it. <laughs> <laughs> I own it. Um I had a bumper sticker, even though I didn't have a wasn't old enough to have a car yet that's oh an Force fan. Honk if you what? Picture of R2. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god.
3: That I put on the door to my bedroom. Like I loved, loved, loved Star Wars. Like me and my mom were like there on opening day for each of the prequels. Um it, it was it was a thing. Like I was ve- I was very, very Star Wars y. And when they announced that they were doing another Star Wars movie. Um, I, my, I was like, oh, okay, cool. More Star Wars. And then they said JJ Abrams was directing it. And my, and I am on record. Like you can go search my Facebook profile for this. I'm like, I swear to God, JJ, if I see one goddamn lens flare, I am out. (laughs) I was just like, I had had it with J.J. J. Abrams at that point. It just felt like he was just consistently getting the keys to the Nerd Kingdom and didn't really quite deserve it because everything kind of that he touched kind of eventually fell apart. And mm-hmm. I was not convinced that a new Star Wars movie could work, partially because, you know, we had the prequel trilogy, which tried so hard and came up with. Bubkus, frankly, uh, mm. and the that original that original trilogy is like it was lightning in a bottle. That I mean, we still I I fully believe that to this day we do not fully understand the impact that Star Wars had on the world, on culture, on like everything. Um, and I agree. And they were, you know, here they are trying to do another movie. And I was just like, ugh, like, why? And this is, you know, around the time when they're just everything, they're remaking and rebooting everything. And like, just let sleeping dogs lie. You know, we have the original trilogy, or kind of, because George Lucas can't stop tinkering with it. And just like, let us have that and be done. So, of course, I bought tickets for opening night. (laughs) And I just remember sitting there with my mom, and both of us dragged our partners at the time with us, and sitting in the IMAX screen at Lincoln Square in New York, and I tell you, the second that John Williams score kicked in and... It The Star Wars logo just appeared. I was seven years old again, watching A New Hope for the first time. And that feeling did not let up throughout the whole thing.
0: There is this incredible feeling that The Force Awakens is able to capture. Um, it's something that I don't know if I've exactly experienced uh, something quite like it since, I've seen it yeah it is um, this miraculous capturing of that nostalgia I mean Dan you really really set the table very well there in terms of your history with the franchise and for a movie to tap into that and make you feel all of those years and all of those experiences it it it, it, I, it I it's like a wondrous cinematic magic trick that i don't think has been done again since actually i really don't you know when we see these um, disney remakes happening of like animated films from our childhood <laughs> for example it's not and it's, i don't believe that they've been able to tap into what force awakens was able to tap into for so many people
3: no and they're clearly trying to
0: right and you know <laughs> my own little context here i grew up Watching Star Wars as a kid, like I said, I had the VHS tapes. I had that. Uh, uh, I remember what was it? I think it was 1997. I think it was. Yeah. 97, 98. Yep. And I remember getting that. And um, I remember my father saying to me, actually, "Well, this is not the version that I saw. Yeah. You know, when I was <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, but he's like, it's close enough, though. You know. And he's like, you'll you'll get it.
3: I also <laughs> remember seeing the restored versions in theaters when they re released them. Oh yeah. Um we were, uh, we
0: were taken as kids. Yeah. I remember yeah. that actually very vividly. That was an
3: experience.
0: And I grew up liking Star Wars. I can honestly say that I never loved Star Wars. I had I had toys. I remember I bought some games. I remember I had some clothing and things like that, but I never became like a uh, no offense dan i never became like a super nerd for star wars and it's interesting because uh i remember just a few short years like this is like pre-10 years old when i'm having like my star wars like time oh yeah and then once i turned 11 that's when i saw lord of the rings and those were the movies that i became obsessed with and the world i became obsessed with and then i became a real super nerd at that point (laughs) So Lord of the Rings for me was my Star Wars. Now, the prequels come out and I must have already been a a film critic in training because I instantly thought that they were crap and I did not like them even back.
3: Everybody did. Don't like flatter yourself, but don't flatter yourself. Everyone thought they were crap.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I know. I know. (laughs) I mean, I definitely watched them because I'm still young. Keep in mind, like this comes out in 1999, 2000. Two mm-hmm. and 2005. I am 9, 12 and 15 years old when these movies come out. Uh, okay? <laughs> but I knew that these were not as good and I did not watch them and rewatch them as much as I did the original films.
3: Sequels are such they're so fascinating to me in what went wrong and why. Yeah, so fascinating. Yeah.
2: I maintain that the one truly good thing to come out of them is Ewan McGregor's performance as Obi-Wan. Um, the one
3: really good thing to come out of them is the pod race in episode one.
2: Okay, actually, you're right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I I would argue that John Williams' uh, score, actually, for the prequels is better than what he has done God, for these the the three Fates. latest films.
2: Fucking
3: Duel of the Fates was on the freaking radio the music video was playing on mtv the
0: prequels have some (laughs) some merit it's very very tiny and they're definitely not great movies they are uh i would say (laughs) let's put it this way the highest MVP rating i give uh one of the prequels films is a six so right
3: yeah there you
0: go the new uh sequel trilogy all right that starts off with the force awakens in 2015 uh, lots of anticipation because the trailer – I remember that trailer was a very, very big deal. Lord. And I remember that trailer even was able to tap into our nostalgic love for the original trilogy. And it it, it, it did so in a way with John Williams' music and you could really get a sense of what they were going for here. So heading into the film, there was all this anticipation, all this excitement. And I saw The Force Awakens in the movie theater five times. I could not get enough of this movie. I really couldn't. It was one of my favorite films of 2015, easily. I was so enamored with the movie. I was so enamored with the uh, performances, with the comedy, with just the breezy editing that the film uh, was able to just whisk us away on this really, really fascinating journey. And then I I have to admit, upon the most recent rewatch... Still love the movie. I can wholeheartedly understand where people are coming from in regards to it being a copy of A New Hope. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of the 2015 film Star Wars The Force Awakens here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to Patreon, where under Next Best Picture, if you subscribe for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content for our Patreon contributors. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, ACAST, Castbox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you for listening once again as always. And we shall see you all next time.